you go to Ishe Rebo in Madison Square Garden? No, I was too busy booking my Uman tickets for Rosh Hashanah. Well, that's if Zelensky <laughs> lets you go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's still on the fence. <laughs> He's on the fence. I'm kidding. I'm not going. I'm not going. I never did. And uh, I don't know if I ever will, but I'm not going to Uman. No. I mean, Uman's a commitment. First of all, it's Kiddush Club, News for Jews. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, it, this is L. I mean, this is we're coming really close. Yes. Right? I yes. mean, also, once you get to that L concert, that's kind of how you know it's like really here. Uh, were you surprised that the Yishai Rebo concert wasn't separate? Only because it's L. So I was thinking... Uh, You've no. been there before. I've yes, never been. You've never been? No. But oh, was it separate last time? No. Uh, the one I went to last time was separate, yes. Really? Yeah. So you had to separate from your family? Well, I, I, I went with a friend, and mm-hmm. so, yeah. Well, but, family seating is a thing. I mean, people have a right to sit with their family to enjoy a concert. I, I agree. But I'm saying if you want to appeal to the highest number of people... You make it separate because then you know that, you know, there are a lot of people that will not go if it's not separate. Yeah, but it was sold out. Was it sold out? Sold out. That's what the headliner said. What's it called? The marquee. I don't believe it because it says sold out and then it's like, but you could get tickets. You could still get these tickets. (laughs) I'm sure there was scalpers. No, online. I was getting the thing. You saw you were checking yesterday? No, not yesterday, but I was getting the the, the WhatsApps. Like, you could still get tickets. Sold out, but there's still tickets. for you. I'm like, come on. Hey, we have a few tickets for you. <laughs> Just for you if you pay double or triple or something. Or half. Because <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> right. I Last was in minute. Florida and I paid a lot for my tickets. Mm. I didn't actually. My wife surprised me and bought, bought two tickets. And she paid a, a boatload for these tickets. And I was in the nosebleed section of nosebleed. I was literally, I think, third row from the last row of the theater. <laughs> were you able to enjoy? <laughs> no. So you I were just not. sitting there. You just And you had to look I hope thrilled. she doesn't listen to this because... She never will. She, she won't. She, so, yeah, I had to look thrilled and make believe. And this is coming off of... I had seen Yishai twice before. And in one of those one of those times, it was at a fundraiser, so it was a very intimate setting. I actually met him personally at that event. It was very exciting. So I was like right up front, and now I'm in the nosebleed section. And the worst part is that I found out, so other people, it was, it, it was during Pesach, other other family members were like, oh, you want to go to the Yishai Rebo concert? I'm like, yeah, I got tickets, bro. And they're like, oh, no, but we could get tickets right now. They they made another show. I'm like, yeah, but they're super expensive. And then you had to sit in the back. Yeah. They paid like, you know, $75 a ticket. I paid like two something a ticket. To be in the back? Yes. How did that work? And they were in like the eighth row, <laughs> tenth row. So wives pay retail, basically. Yeah. I was sitting there the entire show just with a angry, trying to control my temper, staring at my family members way up close. And they're waving to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pay triple. And I pay triple. Correct. Wow. Yeah, that was that. was that. Listen, some people say there's a Mashiach energy there. Oh, I don't know if you want to go there. You know what? I, I'll be honest. I understand the sentiment, right? Not because I went to a Yishai Rebo concert, but because I felt kind of that way at the last CM Hashas, right? Yes. Okay, but that's understandable. Uh, but you go to a place where many Jews are gathered, right? Over there was like close to 100,000 Jews, right? Was it that much? It's MetLife Stadium, right? Capacity is like in the 90s, like 90,000. Oh, you're talking about Siyama Shas. Yeah. I was CMA like, Shas. wait, you should perform that MetLife? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, Siyama Shas, I totally get right. it. So Siyama Shas, like you had that. It was, it was eerie almost. It was like it feels very, very weird, but in a good way. 
right? Right. And I, I understand if certain people would get that feeling at a Yishai Rebo concert, right? But I think a lot of people took that a little too literally. So right? for those that don't know, there was a comment that was made, several comments about Yishai Rebo, the concert being uh, something like, oh, Mashiach must be coming. Um, and they felt a, a spiritual high from this concert. And then uh, some people got called out for it. Uh, like, oh, how could you say that? That's ridiculous. How could you say it? It's mixeding, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Things like that, right? Exactly. I understand the sentiment, though, but people, I guess, were taking it very literally. That's what we do as Jews. <laughs> no, we, we we almost look for the fights. You know, we, we, we're we so critical, and, and we're, we're made that way. But I'll tell you something. You know where it really bothers me? When I'll get a fundraising email or text or I'll see it on a status. On the way here, I got like, I was looking through statuses and it's like, oh, do you want the zechus of, of Rabbi Akiva guaranteed Yeshua? I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What in the world is this? Like, what happens when somebody who's a little bit like, he's already on the fence and he's like, you know what? This is my last go. If Rabbi Akiva comes to my <laughs> to my aid, I'm, I'm, I'll be all I'll in. Do it. Otherwise, I'm all out. Like, how do you... How do you disappoint people that way? Like, you can't give out guarantees. It's all about paying the bills. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> paying the bills. <laughs> but they don't care about the destruction that they're leaving in their wake. I mean, Kemach. Ain't Torah. It's Bingo. true. It's true. It's all you that need, matters. You need the funds to survive. But at what cost? Right? Yeah. I hear you. Are you willing to sacrifice other Jewish neshamas? Yep. That you're. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is but yes. They're going to be let down and disenfranchised, and then they're going to be like gone forever. I'm not saying just because of fun- one fundraiser, but you keep doing this, and you know people are just going to fall out. Yeah, I I think what most of these organizations they're not really thinking that far. They're really just looking at. I got to pay the bills right now. I'll, I'll worry about it later. Right. <laughs> we'll I'll just do later. anything, whatever, whatever gets these people to just donate and open their wallets, whatever. Yep. Exactly. It's unscrupulous. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay. Let's jump back to Uman for a second. Do you, do you have any friends who are going to Uman? Of course. Yeah? Yeah. Always. Every year. No, me too. But I haven't spoken to them. Are, are they Are they able to go? I don't know. I really, like, I should check in with these guys. Like, if you're an Uman person and you know me, check in with me. Like, why does that have to be always <laughs> me calling you guys? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a headline that came out, I mean, today that says, Ukraine plans to restrict the entry of Israelis for annual pr- pilgrimage to Uman. Well, it's not a, a secret. Zelensky yeah, he is said unhappy. It. Yeah, and we covered it, right. Yeah. But but he said he may do it. And here's what this uh, this article is saying. Sources in Zelensky's entourage say that Ukrainian president is, quote, disappointed by Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has provided little support to his country. Reportedly, Ukraine is planning to suspend the visa waiver agreement between Kiev and Jerusalem in retaliation. Quote, Netanyahu didn't even bother to personally congratulate us on Independence Day. <laughs> So you know it's it's funny because you always wonder like what are the what's the point right you ever get like like on Hanukkah yeah Biden gives you a presidential greeting right yes and like who even cares oh. about this right well, why am I spending time reading these words written by some clown in the administration and then signed by my president like I I don't care. Right, but yeah, you but, see, obviously, but they're in a fight for their independence right now. So I kind of yeah, yeah, get guess, it. Yeah, you know? maybe it is a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of understand it. But also, like like we mentioned last time, like I don't think Ukraine is going to give up on like Uman will literally shut down if there is no Uman. Right, they're only hurting themselves. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, is, like their entire economy is is revolves around two days 
in September, the end. I just can't believe people are going. I, I, I can't believe you could not pay me enough what, to go to Uman. because of the Uman. danger? Yes. You couldn't pay me enough money. I don't care which Rabbi Akiva is going to be there personally. <laughs> not Rabbi Nachman. It would be Rabbi Nachman. That would be. <laughs> I know. But I don't I'm, think Rabbi saying, Akiva would go if, to Uman. Even if it was Rabbi Akiva, <laughs> even if it was Rabbi Akiva, I, I can't. I, it's too. It's you know. It's too dangerous for too you. Too dangerous. It's yeah, way well, too dangerous. Listen, you are a person with multiple phobias. Correct. So I don't think it's for you. But there are other people that swear by it. Like they. No, I get it. I get it on a normal year. On a normal year, it's not my thing. But I get it. But on a year like this, and don't forget, you're leaving your wife and children, right? You're leaving everybody behind for for the holidays. Something that is a major thing to do, in my opinion. I mean. It, it, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's major. You're leaving your wife and kids on one of the holiest, most important days of the year. And by the way, they're all prepared with answers for that question. <laughs> they're all very prepared. Well, you would do it too if it was a business trip and you were going to make a million dollars, etc. Yes. Right? They've got yes. that all covered. 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 Right? But and I but I do. I get but it. Now, could you imagine the conversation with the wife now when you're going into a war zone? Yeah, it's like uh, maybe I come back. Oh no. <laughs> Exactly. But you know what? We're going to have the best Rosh Hashanah ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing to go to Uman. It's not a small plane ride. It's not it, The whole thing is a bit major undertaking. You're saying even like five years ago when there was not even yes, anything, exactly. it's still a major undertaking exactly. now. What is it, a 10-hour flight? I don't know. It must be, something like that. I, I don't think they have direct Nine flights. But some There's people, no direct flights, right? No, no, no. They charter. You, <laughs> people charter. They charter. You're going in like a pickup truck with like chickens. That's how, I, that's how I'm imagining it. Crossing the border. You're paying off the border guards. They've and, made some headway. I, I'm sure, but still. I, there just, are chartered flights now. Like, I don't know what the cost is. or if I'm it's, sure it's not cheap. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, and they have like nice accommodations like when you talk to the real veterans of Uman they're like you know I went there when it was when we had to sleep in a basement like in a dank you know right. with, with, with rats right now it's like do. hotels legit now hotels it's, just, it's two days of Rosh Hashanah surrounded by all male disco parties the entire <laughs> week I mean I know people who own houses there right so like they're all right. in the right chips exactly are in. that's all in for Uman Okay, well, speaking about plane rides, one of my favorite topics. There was so many different things in the news about plane rides, and I, I, I was just going to bring it up. I saw a few things just on my own. I, there was a ton of stuff. There was a New York Times article that was that was sent to us by one of our listeners. Um, there were, and then there was just a ton of just random stories. So, yeah, the first one that I saw was about this Delta flight. It had to turn around to be cleaned after a, quote, medical issue involving a passenger caused it to go because of biohazard concerns. <laughs> Wait a second. It, Can you guess what happened? I, yep, it's what you're thinking. He had dia and he didn't know why. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing or did you just make that up? No, I, I, it's a thing before? in my world. Oh, okay. That's exactly right. <laughs> and it got all over the plane. And so, you know, that's like a real biohazard. And so they could not fly with it. I literally cannot imagine what it's like to be on that flight. You're trapped, nowhere to go. And, and wait, is it all over? Feces all. Is it everywhere? Like, what happened on this plane? Did it do like a like an aerial show, and then <laughs> it's everywhere? Or this maybe the guy had something in his seat. You know what I'm saying? That could be, and that's manageable to an extent. Still a disaster, but it depends. Like, what was the level of disbursement? <laughs> 
That's what matters to me. You want like a scientific answer to that? <laughs> I, I, the truth is I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's a one in a million, thankfully. Yeah, we keep saying that. Everything that happens with planes is one in a million. <laughs> well, at least but when you there's know, a million of them. Listen to me. At least you know your experience will be unique. <laughs> Whatever it's going to be, nobody could tell you. No. But it'll be unique to and you. And you have a great story to tell the family. <laughs> so an inquiring mind from the web decided to try to get his hands on the, the air traffic control audio. And uh, we have that for you. Here it is. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane. So they want us to come back to Atlanta. All the, <laughs> all the way through the airplane? All the way through the airplane. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. So wait, when first when I hear biohazard, like I'm not thinking that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You think, I don't know, like something nuclear, like biohazard? That no, well, nuclear is very bio. Anthrax would be bio, right? It sounds like a bio very weapon. ominous yes. when you hear biohazard and then it's just somebody that couldn't hold it. Like that's <laughs> a problem. But all throughout the airplane, this is a bigger disaster than, than we thought. Yeah. But also, where was this going? This was from going from Atlanta to Spain. You are not going to believe the flight I had. <laughs> Don't ask about it. Please. You will never believe me anyway. But you know what? After this happened, everyone's stuck on the plane. You know, like, they, so they had to divert, but it takes time. You have to get an airport. You got to land. You, everyone was trapped. Did they land in Spain? No, no. They, they landed here in the United States. But I'm sure these people were wishing, you know what? They should have released the oxygen masks at that point. They yeah, got to do something. No, because this is, a big, this is a big problem. It's a problem. And then it's like the air, tr- like the air people get on. It's like, nobody move. Like, <laughs> y'all can't yeah. move. And it's like, they Stay can't in. wait to get out. You'll notice the seatbelt. <laughs> the captain has <laughs> turned on the safety belt. <laughs> if it's safe to put your safety belt on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So once again, n- another another crazy plane story. But like I said, if there's this many crazy plane stories, you got to start thinking they're more common than we think. Yeah, well, like I said, th- it's just no two are the same. So there's no <laughs> you can't even prepare yourself. Well, here's another for one. What's coming? Here's another one. Also from this past week, in the past few days, actually, two passengers passengers were kicked off an Air Canada flight because they refused to sit in seats that were covered in vomit. What? Yeah. So this plane, so you know how it works with planes, right? They land, they take off right away, right? They clean them up and they take off. You know, that's how they make their money. They're constantly in motion, these planes. So two people or one person had vomited on some seats and the plane landed. (laughs) You're laughing. I can't. I don't know how you expect me to keep a straight face for this. So they, they landed the plane. The person had vomited in the seats. They cleaned it or so they thought. Um, the next two passengers came on, and they they and noticed. Like, what's that, this funky smell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it says that. <laughs> "Quote: Air Air Canada attempted a quick cleanup before boarding, but clearly wasn't able to do a thorough clean. And it says that they had put quote they placed coffee grinds in the seat pouch and sprayed perfume to mask the smell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wouldn't do it for me. No." By the no. way, I have this big thing. Like, smell is probably my strongest sense, right? And if it was me, like... It's a blessing and a curse. It'll, it'll, yeah. It Truer is, words were never said, right? Yes. It is both because you just... Sometimes you don't want to smell that little whatever's happening. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Now, these, these passengers refused to sit there and said they wanted other seats. And they said, well, the flight's full. 
And so they started making a stink about it, no pun intended. <laughs> and so they called the supervisor, they escorted them off the plane. And it's like, you'll sit there, or you'll have to get out. <laughs> and they got out. They got out. Uh, but in other airplane news, uh, there's an airline that's doing something that I thought was very interesting. They're making an adult-only area of the plane. No babies allowed. No kids allowed and no babies allowed. And I did see this. You saw this? Yes. This I saw. And like, I'm not. who could be against this? It's right? the best thing it's ever. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> like if you have kids and you are prepared, meaning you know you're not sleeping this flight. Right. Right? It's either your kids or someone else's. It's yep. like, why should everybody suffer? Suffer, right. And you right? know you know that you're going to make other people suffer. Right. You're it's prepared very uncomfortable to say as a parent yes. when you're flying with your kids and they're disturbing everyone. It's like, you want to melt into your seat. Yes. You and know? they're kicking the seat in front of them. Oh, disaster. Stop kicking the seat in front. Right. But I'm hungry. Stop kicking the seat in the front. We're going to... When I fly alone, I will only fly with noise-canceling headphones for this reason. For sure. Right? For sure. But also, I'm wondering how far apart can the adults-only section be? Right. Right. So right? it says that it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, for this airline, it's going to be in the back of the plane, and there's going to be uh, curtains that, uh, in front of it. Oh, that'll but, keep the sound yeah, out. Say, how's that going to, <laughs> how's that going to, how's that going to help, help much? Well, I guess it will help. I mean, it will help. You know? It's something. You, you're guaranteed that you're not going to be sitting directly next to one of these screaming kids. and Right. And by the way, sometimes some of their shrieks can actually pierce the noise cancellation. Yes, absolutely. So at least noise the... cancellation can only do so much. <laughs> right. It's not a miracle. And the funny part is, according to this article, for this airline, a regular seat in the adult-only section is only an extra 50 bucks. Seems worth it, but like- For sure. But what's the extra charge about? Is that just you're just taking advantage? Like, yeah. is there a demand to get into that section? Possibly. I yeah, guess. I would think so. Yeah, right, depending on the flight. Yeah, if you think about it, they, if they if there wasn't a charge, every single person's going to want right. those. Like, those why? Seats. Like, know, why does he I get would it? have kids and just go <laughs> leave the, them, leave them go. in the kids section, <laughs> and just go to the adult section myself. For sure, for sure. And then also in plain news, and this one was in the New York Times. This was sent to us by longtime listener Ezra from Brooklyn. The headline of this New York Times article is Airline Close Calls Happen Far More Often Than Previously Known. The article, which I never should have read, you know when, <laughs> You know that you, that piece of information will affect it's, it's, you forever. Yes, 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 but you can't look away. It's right. like when you know the accident's about to happen, it's going to be bad, and you don't, you can't look yeah, away. Yeah, it's like a train, like yeah. like when the when the car is on the tracks. Yes, you, you can't I get look the, away. You get those videos. You just you have to you have watch to them. It. I scrub through them because I can't like I can't handle the gore, but I need to see you exactly what to. goes down. You need to. So so I had to read it. You know, I had to read it, and it goes on and on about uh, just close calls on the runway, close calls in the sky that we never hear about. Exactly. In in one in one case. It says the the planes came so close to hitting the frontier craft, this frontier craft that was taking off in San Francisco, it two planes almost hit it, and the federal they came so close to hitting that the Federal Aviation Administration, in internal records reviewed by the New York Times, described the encounters as quote skin to skin. Oy. They came skin to skin. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. And you know what? These never make the news. And t personally, I think this is like irresponsible journalism. Yeah, because right? yeah. nobody needs to know this. We don't need to know this. Right. You know what? Hashem watches. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I yes. feel like he's protecting no, it's like, constantly. Like, don't remove the veil. Yes, yes. It's, it's, like, it's like what a friend of mine once told me years ago. 
I don't know what's going on in the kitchen of the restaurant. I think I said this once. I don't know what's going on. I'm sure there's a lot of dirt <laughs> and a lot of bugs. <laughs> right. But I don't want to see the kitchen. Right. I don't right. see Ignorance the kitchen. is bliss. And you know what? D- did you notice how always every, like, let's say, Israeli, like, falafel, shawarma, or any of those Israeli food places, it's always an exposed kitchen. You ever notice that? Well, yeah, it's open. Like, what do you mean? That rolling yeah. the roller. The roller, the roller that has the, the shawarma. shawarma no, but not just that. Even the grill. You're seeing right into the kitchen. Yeah. And there are times where I don't want to be seeing what I'm seeing. You know, the... the, the I can the, imagine. Yeah. This, but you know what? Hands, that part of the brain things, shuts off. Got to shut it so off. So that you can enjoy your meal. Yes. And then it turns right back on after. It's like, what did we just eat? I don't even know. I don't care. Yes. As long as I feel fine. Yes. So this article says, I'm sorry that if I have to know this information, you have to know this information. <laughs> You're taking us all down with you. Everyone's coming down with me. It says the incidents were among a flurry of at least 46 close calls involving commercial airlines last month alone. 46 in a month. 46 last month alone. But that's alone. out of how many flights? Come on. There's, okay. there's, there's literally tens of thousands, maybe, obviously more. In a month? In a month. How many flights are there? Well, that's a great stat to know. That is a great set to know. Let's check the Google machine. So it looks like there's about 30,000 a day. So yeah, it is, it is a big number. It's a huge 30, number. 30,000 a day. A day. In the United States. Yes. That's a lot of flights. And you want to talk to me. Wait, how many is that? Let's just do the math. Can you please? I'm not a mathematician. Well, you want to know how many per month? How many per month? You just have to multiply by three. Whatever. Is it 900,000? Yes. So let's say a million. So out of a million flights, you want 46. to talk to me about 46 incidents? <laughs> Statistically insignificant, but it's, it's not if every one of those blip. 46 crashed and everybody on the plane perished, there's a lot of people. But but they didn't, right? And they wouldn't. Out of 46 incidents, that that, that itself is a statistic that you're only going to have a fraction of having real disasters. Like this is- Right. You're saying of the 46, not all of them right, are going to be Right. Not all disasters. of them are going to be tragic, but- 46 is like a nothing number next to right. a completely million. insignificant. Right. Yeah. So you have to you have better odds of winning the lotto. Would you I say don't that's know. true? I don't know if that no, because winning the lotto is what, one in three hundred million? million? Uh <laughs> this is <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but but you're forgetting something. You might not necessarily crash and burn, but there could be Vomit. Listen, you it could, could be diarrhea. There could be. There could be. There's a lot of things happening. Listen, anything could happen in your day. Oh, and you could walk outside and you could have a fuel tank full out of the sky. That's what happened, by the way. Did you see <laughs> yeah, that story yes, in Turkey? Yeah. Turkey. Yeah. Turkiya. Right. Out of the sky. It's not called Turkey. From now on, we will call it by its proper name. It's Turkiya. Okay. Say I it mean, again. Can Go. I say? I'm not. I'm not. You I'm, must do it. Why? Because we're going to get into a story about that. Okay, but listen, what happened? Out of the sky, a fuel tank fell, I don't know. It, many thousands of feet. Right, many, many thousands <laughs> of feet. It fell onto three vehicles. Now, yeah. easily somebody could have been in that car, right? Yes. I mean, nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt, right? Right, but still a very scary thing. So anything could really happen. You got to just not think about the kitchen. Got to not think about the plane ride. Got to not think about <laughs> it's any It's a lot of things, things not to think about. Yeah, that's okay. Just if, don't think. Shut your brain. By the way, by the way just think about the DAF. I can't, I can't do the DAF on – you know I do the DAF. I cannot do the DAF on, on the plane. Why? Because you're too busy thinking yes. about what might go <laughs> yes, on. Yes, yes, I can't focus. You need a sheer, so, man. It's crazy because I, I, I always look forward to flights because I say, oh – perfect time to do the duff and you get it you get zero zero <laughs> zero <laughs> like it's it, you could typically you can get ahead if you I know. were a normal human being well i don't believe in going ahead i don't i don't do that 
like what's wrong with getting a head start? Because the, I think I to me I go with uh, Rabbi uh, Stefanski, Reb Stefanski of uh, Merkaz Daf, Daf Yomi. He his whole thing is it's not about the Daf, it's about the Yomi. Meaning, I'm not saying not to learn that day. No, you can chazer. No, but it's always good to be right. ahead in case no. you only have 20 minutes to learn that. So day. I like the chiv that weighs on me every single day. That makes sure that I'm doing the daf every single day. I do all the learning. Like, daf is not my only learning. I don't mean to talk my own horn here, but right. no, but, it, but I'm that's just what saying. You're doing. No, I'm saying that the daf forces you. There can never be a day where you're not learning. Okay, like I a, said, it's you it's can always you can do. But chazara, I'm not going to do a chazara. Can... I'm not going to because if I know the daf is done. It's, it's it's see, but that's the thing. It's not like the daf is not like a like a do it and forget it. It's not like 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 climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, oh yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it it's is. It's like you did it. I did it. I Dude, got my T-shirt. Do you do the daf? Do you do the daf? No. Okay, so you can't talk. What do you mean? Of course, you I can't can't talk. I've done the daf. Yeah, but you've never done it consistently. I've done mesechtas. No, it's the difference when you accept the oil of the daf. It's a different. It's a different existence. You wake up. You're thinking about the daf. You, you, lunchtime, you're thinking about the daf if you didn't do it. Evening, thinking about the daf. It weighs on you, or at least me, I, I have to get the daf done. And once I get it, there's a relief that that's pervasive. It's like a euphoria. Really? <laughs> I think I've heard enough. Is this just me? <laughs> yeah. So in other aviation news, this was interesting. A helicopter pilot for Russia defected to Ukraine. And, uh, you know, this is something that doesn't happen very often, but they're hoping that, I mean, the, the Ukrainians are hoping that more soldiers will be encouraged to defect. Well, what did the, like, did Ukraine reward this guy? Yeah, I'm going to read to you because, so there's a few stories this week that the devil is in the details, as they say. So the, 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 the headline doesn't look so amazing, but then when you read it, you come to these paragraphs that you go, What? And you just have to do a double take. So it was very interesting. He he decided he wanted to defect. He, he feels the war is, you know, completely bogus. And uh, they're just, you know, murdering innocent people. And it's all fake. And there's no neo-Nazis there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he decides he wants to defect. He contacted Ukrainian intellig- intelligence. They assisted him. They got his whole family out of Russia first. Because, of course, if he defected, his family yeah. would not go well for them. So... Uh, now, but now he has to actually fly the helicopter into Ukraine, land it, and and be taken. They told him they would reward him, they would relocate him, etc. So, but he was on the pl- the helicopter with two other military people. It wasn't just him. So, Were they not in on his plans? Not in on the plans. Well, yeah, crazy, right? So it says in the article that at a certain point he started, uh, he decided radio silence. It doesn't say what he told them. He flew very low and radio silent until he was able to land in Ukraine where they came and they retrieved him. Well, the, he must have convinced his two other comrades that he was doing a secret mission. Right? Okay, so so here, let me read to you this line. This was the line that did it for me in the article. Quote, two more people were with him, a full crew of three persons in total. When they realized where they had landed, they tried to escape. Unfortunately, they were eliminated. <laughs> We would prefer to take them alive, but it is what it is. We this is the this two is, other were killed. This is from Ukraine. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I, at I'm that. laughing because the, the the entire article is dressed up as like this hero story slash inspirational story slash you know uh, just a story that everyone should really look at and be thrilled with. 
And, you know, it is it is nice that, you know, he had this awakening and, and this was done. But when the head of the Ukraine intelligence says something like this, like, yes, and this was great and we hope more people will defect. Of course, there were two people. They had to be eliminated. <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> That's a direct quote. We would prefer to take them alive, but it is what it is. Yes, we cannot do much about people who don't want to be Ukraine. <laughs> I'm not sure what your fascination with this story is. Could you imagine if this was the United States? Could think of the uproar that there would be. Imagine the United States, somebody defects, and they the, the defector who had been in contact with the United States, he Brought gets a friends, pass, right. and he has two other you know, co-soldiers, comrades with him, and they were eliminated by the United States. Could you imagine the uproar there would be? Yeah, I guess it is a war crime. Yeah. You can't just eliminate people. Yes. Like, you can capture them. Right. No, no problem. <laughs> right, POWs. But you cannot just point blank, you know, eliminate people. Right. And, and, and then say, it is what it is. You know? It is what it is. And they called it. They didn't even say that, you know, there was a firefight. They tried to attack us. It says, they were eliminated. And it is what it is. Yeah, and it is what it is. <laughs> So we'll get to more of the uh, stories around the world in, in a, a few minutes, but I do want to touch on this because I actually went, I actually ended up having a whole discussion about this. Uh, I'm sure you saw the story that uh, Elon Musk, he's blaming the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, for the fact that Twitter was lost a lot of profit in the last quarter. Well, he did say that they, because they're making such a big deal, they cause more anti-Semitism. That's yes. what he said. But no, he also he also said that the loss of revenue was thanks to them. So some months ago, the ADL very publicly, when Elon Musk said that he was lifting a lot of the bans on people, he famously let Kanye back on, uh, he said that, you know, uh, it's supposed to be the town square, right? Twitter was supposed to be the town square, and you don't get to be the town square by censoring people, and he, he believes in free speech. Right, civil discussion. Exactly. So the ADL came out and said, well, you're letting all these anti-Semites back on and they're spreading crazy anti-Semitism and that actually puts Jews in danger. So they actually led a campaign for advertisers to stop advertising. Hmm. So he blames them for the drop in advertising. So a lot of people are saying, well, Elon Musk is an anti-Semite because, oh, so Twitter doesn't make money. Oh, it must be the Jews. The evil Jews are the reason. Right. But my position was, no, that's not what he's saying. The ADL very publicly called him out and and called out advertisers asking them to stop advertising. Right. You hit the guy right in the pocket. Exactly. Exactly. And there was an article that came out in the forward and it actually, you know, I'll quote from, from that article. It says, quote, this came out months ago, way before Elon Musk said anything. Quote, Twitter has struggled to maintain advertising revenue following Musk's takeover of the company in October. Several major corporations appear to have heeded the calls from the ADL and others to stop spending money on the platform. Media Matters for America, a progressive advocacy group, determined that 50 of Twitter's top 100 advertisers had either announced or appeared to stop advertising on Twitter last November, around the time that the ADL announced their call for a boycott. So the ADL calls for a boycott, Okay. Sometime in that time, 50 of the top 100 advertisers pull out. Now, Elon calls that out. And blames the ADL. And blames the ADL. How is that anti-Semitism? I can see where the ADL is coming from, right? Just to play sure. devil's advocate, no, right? I, You're letting other anti-Semites that are known, right, that come onto the platform to spew their hate, and you're letting them back on. So I, I, I understand it. 
I agree. I, I, I totally understand where the ADL is coming from. But I also understand where Musk is coming from. The ADL absolutely has a right to to say, you know, to call him out and to say we're against this. Right. And that you could even argue that that's their whole job. So what's your problem? My problem is for him to say that because of the ADL, that's why my revenue is lower. That's not anti-Semitism. That's just a statement of fact. It's business. And by the way, today he tweeted, actually, uh, just to be super clear, I'm completely against anti-Semitism. Right. But the the retort to that is, well, every anti-Semite always says that. Well, well except that's the- exactly what an anti-Semite <laughs> would say. <laughs> Unless you're like part of the game defense league, you're going to say that. Right. But even they say it. No, they they, they say we – yeah, no, actually you're right. They say Jews – no, no, they. I think they, they're they pretty clear that Jews are trying to destroy the world. Yeah, they, but they they're not that. anti-Semitic. We're just <laughs> – we are not anti-Semitic. We're just calling it like we see it. But one thing that Musk said that I loved – so he says, he tweeted and he said, if this continues, we will have no choice but to file a defamation suit against, ironically, the Anti-Defamation League. <laughs> if they lose the defamation suit, we will insist that they drop the anti part of their name. <laughs> the Defamation League. Anti-Defamation. <laughs> he's great. You got to hand it to Musk. He's, he's pretty great. witty. He's, 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 he's so, you know what it is? He is like the cool version of like Bill Gates, you know? Right. He, oh, well, how about of Jeff Bezos? Of Jeff Bezos, exactly. He's the cool version. He's savvier. He's cooler. And he writes his own tweets. He writes his own tweets. He's super successful. Almost everything he touches ends up being successful. Got to hand the guy. Got to give the guy credit. But uh, speaking of the game defense league, you saw what happened in Orlando. I did see. I, I got the video. I couldn't really watch it. Like after five seconds, it was like more of this. No thanks. Yeah, we're not going to play the video, and we're not going to include it in the WhatsApp. I'm sure you've either seen it or. You didn't, but even if you didn't, we're not going to give them more exposure because that's exactly what they want. And uh, one interesting thing is that they're all masked. So it's like all these tough guys, except for the head, they're all masked. They're all covering their faces. <laughs> they could be your neighbor, basically, right. right? Right. And they're probably super nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they have these core beliefs. <laughs> what can you do? No, but they're, but they're all like these supposed tough guys, but the reality is, is that they're not so tough. They're wearing masks. No, if you're hiding your identity in something for something you really <laughs> <laughs> keep talking about hiding your identity. Yeah, no, yeah. but for something you, you really believe in, if if you really believe in it, you know what I'm saying? Then put your face to it. Yeah, that's ironic. Quite ironic. Maven Yevin. Uh, moving on. Here's another case of the devils in the details. Okay, so Yeshiva World is covering. Uh, I'm sure you saw the terrorists that got uh, stopped from an attempted stabbing in Israel at the Lion's Gate in, yes. in Jerusalem. So so we all heard about it, but the headline in Yeshiva World, I, I just don't get it. So the headline is this, heartwarming. Terrorist gets the daylights kicked out of her during attempted stabbing. <laughs> that, By the way, that is Yeshiva World's spin. Like you see, like they have this sarcasm to them but heartwarming because obviously if you're a jewish person or a a lover of jews this will warm your heart (laughs) right it's heartwarming i mean it's just not the right word but but they're notorious for this really yes you don't see this all the time like whenever they put caps followed by a colon it's always something like interesting like yes interesting title a story wild Dot, dot. Okay, wild. I'd be fine with. Right, most you of know, the time you're fine with it. Exposed or you know, but they shocking. Ha- I don't, they, no problem. They're, Heartwarming. They're very creative that way. 
<laughs> it doesn't mean I endorse it. It's just that's them. Terrorist almost killed a person. Heartwarming. I no, it's it was not heartwarming. Read heartbreaking. Right. That but would... it wouldn't be heartbreaking, right? Right. But it's not heartwarming. You again, if you if you are a hater of terrorists, then that will warm your heart. <laughs> okay, if you say so. So, uh, in other news, back to the New York Times. So, the New York Times had an article talking about Yiddish, and it was talking about how Yiddish is having a revival, and you know it's it's popular, and et cetera, et cetera. But in the middle of this op-ed, it says, "quote." Hebrew, which officially became the national language of the state of Israel in 1948, is spoken by about 9 million people around the world. For some, the language symbolizes far-right Israeli militarism. This is bananas. How does anybody take the New York Times seriously? I don't know. I saw this too. And like all these Israel sites and all, you know, the, the supporters of Israel, they all came out, quoted the article. Like, I don't even, like... I don't even need to see this. You know what I mean? Agreed. It's like it's. I don't. I'm not going this at all. Doesn't matter to me. Like the New York Times is like off my list. It, like you cannot take them seriously, right? As a, as a, as a firm Jew, you can't take them seriously. No, that's for sure. But even as an American, right? Just the amount of misinformation, the amount of bias that they have. Like, how does anybody take them seriously as a news organization? But so many do. So many from people. Because this is recent, relatively. No. It's relatively no. recent. No. Think about Incorrect. this. 20 years ago, people had respect for the New York Times, right? You're talking They've about- have been a like hundred this. year history. Yeah? Over. But they, they were called out on Holocaust reporting. They were, they were not- uh, uh, not showing the Holocaust the way they should, but that's the that's the situation with media. It's almost as though they can can create their reality because they're media. You understand? Like legacy yes. legacy media companies can almost n- not be toppled. Yeah, they they control the narrative. It, yes. and it's crazy. Yeah. Like even if you had CNN go against the New York Times, if that would happen, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Right, because they're, in, they're, they're living in their own world, yep. and they tell you what happens in yes. their world. Yes, and they t- they tell you, they they create the reality. Right. That's what they're doing. So they'll be here. They're not going anywhere. You know why? Because they live in their own bubble. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'm going to digress again with another story, but again, because once again, the devil's in the details of this article. You ready for this one? Yes. The headline reads, Man cooked alive in giant oven screamed for help as his skin melted onto the door. What? Yeah. So this is coming out of the UK. Uh, so very sad story. A man was uh, cleaning an oven, an industrial oven in a factory, and a, a co-worker who was unaware that he was still inside turned it on. And it's it's programmed that when it turns on, the door gets locked for safety reasons. He had no idea he was in there, and unfortunately, the man passed away. I've got questions. <laughs> yes. Okay. First sure of all, do. what gets cooked in a walk-in oven? Kayaks. This company makes kayaks. Oh, so it's not a food thing. Not a food thing, no. When no. you say oven, right, my mind goes straight to food. Right. So no. I think that's important to clarify. So they're cooking kayaks? They, it's, it's not yeah, really plastic. An, it's not know, an oven, really. No, it's, it's an like, oven. It, it, it's plastic. Like there's a plastic mold. Right, and it needs to be heated. Right. 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 So the company's called Piranha Moldings. Well, talk about irony. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, nobody heard him, and he was banging on the doors, and nobody heard him. And unfortunately, he uh, 
listen, the the, the article. Wait, so I have a question. Here's the crazy. How part. could there not be a kill switch on the inside? Well, kill switch. Wrong word again. Wrong word. <laughs> but but how could there not be a, like a safety mechanism like for somebody that gets locked in? Well, that the family is suing now because of that. Well, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. So, I mean, I can't read it. This is a family show. The the article actually goes into very very descriptive detail about what was going on and what it was like. And yet you kept reading. I kept reading. <laughs> Again, can't look away. <laughs> so now at the end of the article, I'm just going to read to you the end of the article. And it, again, it makes you say, what? So the end of the article says the following. Alan's wife, Pearl, who also worked at the company, later told the newspaper, quote, we do not blame Mark. Mark is the guy who turned the oven on. Quote, we do not blame Mark at all. Him and my daughter are still together. <laughs> what? what? Exactly. Like, why do I need these details? Like, I agree, maybe the family shouldn't be completely broken up by this situation, but ostensibly, this man basically killed his future father-in-law? Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just... I mean, like, I just don't know why we need those details. Like, let the family work this out. But, but one second, you're okay with the fact that the 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 girl's boyfriend is the one who who hit the switch on the oven. Well, the mother-in-law is okay with it. We haven't heard from the daughter. Okay, right? how is we the don't mother? Know. How is she okay with this? Are, are you telling me? I mean, if there's something that's going to break up a relationship, I've known relationships that have broken up for a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a lot of dynamics at play here <laughs> that I'm not going to comment on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just things that we're we'll never understand right. completely. I don't know. We don't know how they see Mark at this point. Yeah, you're right. Okay, getting back to Turkey. Okay. So did you know that Modi, the president of India, he, there's a, the G20 summit is coming up. Biden is going to be there. A lot of the countries are going to be there. Obviously 20 of them. 20 of them. Right. <laughs> In the imitation, the president is referred to the president of Bharat instead of the president of India. But the G20 summit is going to be in India. Bharat is India. What does that mean? It's an ancient Sanskrit word, which many historians believe dates back to early Hindu texts. It's another name for India. Interesting. So it's got people suspecting that India, like Turkey, is about to change their name from no. India oh yeah, to Bharat. Wait, what do you mean like Turkey? Turkey changed their name from Turkey to Turkia. Is that like a thing? That's a thing, yeah. Is that real now? That's real. And you'll notice in news, people referring to it as Turkia. I yeah. just thought like they're trying to be like use the native like culturally word. sensitive, right? Exactly. Right. No, Turkey officially changed its name to Turkey. I mean, let's let's be let's be honest. India can use a rebranding. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, you are wrong. Didn't they just land on the moon? Supposedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yes. Yes. But like when you think of India, right? There's so much that comes with that image. That's because you're racist, maybe. No, what do you mean? no, no. Nothing to do with racism. But think about it. Like when you think about India, right? I, me personally, my mind shoots straight to scammers, right? They're from yeah, India, yeah, yeah. Right? Call this centers. is who's calling you, call yeah. centers. Yeah. And by the way, there are thousands, tens of thousands of hours of people trying to catch. Indian scammers yes, on yes. YouTube. We could do a full show on that. Right. And maybe we should. Yeah. But they can use a rebranding, right? <laughs> Bharat has no scammers. Right. There's no right? negative no right. negative connotation. Move to Bharat. Everybody's yeah. friendly, which they are, by the way. Yeah. Like the Indian culture is some of the nicest people 
that are out there. Is that true? Yes. I mean, you've been to India? No. But maybe I will go. <laughs> well, I would, don't know if I'll go to say? India, but I would go to Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, so that's happening. And by the way, we didn't mention this. Their, their rocket that they sent to the moon, it only cost them, I think the number was $75 million to make that happen, which is like a- A, a song. Nothing, that's exactly. A bargain. Bargain. They said that there was a movie in the they United States- They said that States. Elon Musk is calling them to figure out how they got there so, so cheap. <laughs> yeah, they said that there was a movie, I, I forget which movie it is, there was, a, there was a US movie whose budget, it was a space movie, and the budget of the movie was $150 million. Right, to go to the fake moon, right. it costs double. Right, but they were able to do it for $75 million. And by the way, they also, within days, sent a rocket on a mission to the sun. <laughs> Are you being serious? Yes, no, I'm dead serious. Because I'm thinking about that joke, right? Which joke? I don't know what you're talking about. Because they have that joke about sending a rocket to the sun, and the guy's like, how are you going to send a rocket to the sun? And then the answer is, don't worry, we send it at night. <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah, 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 it's an old one. <laughs> I never heard that. Specifically India? I don't know. Mate. I, you or know you what? Just, it's just whatever culture yeah. you feel like, you know. De- defaming, exactly. It could just as easily be Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. For the same. Don't worry. We're going to send it at night. No, they wouldn't say that. No, you're right. They would say something else. Habibi, you think we're afraid from the sun? <laughs> Mossad can land anywhere. 100%. 100%. Um, and speaking of Turkey, there was almost a, a major incident. So uh, the leader of Turkey, Erdogan, he invited uh, Putin to have a talk about you know the, the wheat and the situation because of Ukraine and the, the wheat prices are going high. And Turkey and Russia are fast friends. Yeah, but Turkey is also a member of NATO. And just to remind everybody, the, being part of NATO means if any NATO country gets attacked, it's as if all of them are attacked, which means that if Russia were to attack any NATO country, the United States and every other NATO member has to respond. So it becomes a world war. Right, which is the reason why Ukraine is dying to get in. Right, exactly, which is why many countries are dying to get in now. So... He he wanted to have this summit with Putin, but Putin, as you know, the International Criminal Court has a warrant out for his arrest for war crimes. So he's assuming, probably rightfully so, if he were to land in any NATO country, he would immediately be arrested. So he refused to go to Turkey. Instead, Erdogan went to Russia. Okay, Now, the two of them are meeting and they have a translator, someone who knows Turkish and Russian, which... I'm assuming there's not a ton of people who know both languages, okay. right? Okay, <laughs> safe right? assumption. So, so Erdogan was was uh, reciting opening remarks when the translator translated, and this is a quote: "There is war between Russia and Turkey." <laughs> that was the translation, and then it says, "Well, clearly he was wrong." Yeah, I, w- I hope so. But what language he was saying? I need to know what the nationality of the translator is. It doesn't say. It doesn't say, and it, they don't know if it was a Russian or a Turkish translator, so they don't know who was at fault well, here. Well, clearly he's not very Russian, right? Yeah. Because otherwise he would know what he said. Right, right. No, actually, I think it's the opposite. I think he's uh, he doesn't know Turkish well, because he's mistranslating Erdogan into, into Russian. Into Russian. Right. I think he would, like, take a double take at, like, the Turkish president, like, you sure do you want me to say? <laughs> like, when does that happen, like... Like, does a translator ever be like, are you sure? <laughs> it says... You, what it, do they think? <laughs> or, or just translate it differently. Don't say it. 
Well, say something I think, else. Like, I feel like you could be brought up on charges for that. Yeah, Putin's not going to let that slide. Right? Yeah. But he would never know. Yeah. But somebody's going to know. Yeah. They called it an epic mistake. Uh, and, you know, for his part, Putin didn't have a major reaction. He just looked confused, <laughs> which is a good thing. Which is a good look on Putin. <laughs> so that almost happened. We almost ended up accidentally in World War Three because of a translator. So we're, we're going long as usual, and there's so much we didn't get to. But I do want to just touch on this. Uh, it's the Joe Biden uh, email situation that's going on because it, it is big news. And um, I'm sure you know about what's going on. They, they now, through Freedom of Information Act, they know that there were more than 1,000 emails that passed between Joe Biden when he was in office as vice president and Hunter Biden's business that Joe Biden claimed to never know about, never had anything to do with it. There were thousands of emails. But the crazy thing is, is that there are 200 emails that the White House is redacting, citing executive privilege. They won't let anyone read what's in these 200 emails. And what's even crazier is that in many of these emails, Biden was using a fake name. What? Yeah. So he was using a fake name. And I mean, it's hard to believe that Everything was on the up and up. If Biden was using a fake name, he was using names that included Robin Ware, Robert L. Peters, J.R.B. Ware. J.R.B. Ware? <laughs> what is, sounds like a, it sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> it does. And the big guy. And if you remember, the big guy actually was something that was referred to by Biden's ex-business partner, Bob Alinsky. In testimony, he said... And they have it in messages where they they said that there was money that was being allocated from the deal with Ukraine, where he got millions of dollars from Burisma, that was being allocated for the big guy. I think that the American public is not fooled by any of this. I think people know what the score is, in my opinion. I I think we're we're only at the beginning of what's going to come out here. I think this is – I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I do not believe Biden is going to be the candidate for president from the Democratic Party by the time the elections finally show up, either because of his age or because of his health or because of this. Criminal indictments. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, it remains to be seen, I guess. And it's going to be interesting. We still don't even know if Trump is going to be part of it. Right. Right. You don't know. We don't know anything about 2024 right Right. now. Which is crazy. 100%. And as we go to press, by the way, Truth Social, they're voting. The board of Truth Social is voting if they will be acquired by another company. And if they don't, they are going to go under. They're going to go out of business. Well, maybe that'll send Trump back to Twitter. Yes. Or whatever, X, whatever X, it is whatever now. It is, yeah. But you know that Trump is never going to admit defeat. Oh, no way. On Truth Social. But what would he say? Like, what, How is he going to spin... Truth Social going out of business into something positive. Maybe he'll just never admit that it's closed. <laughs> it's like, we're still open. <laughs> it's the fake news media blacking us out. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's funny because it's true. Well, we're going to stay on top of that news and uh, we'll bring it to you as it happens as soon as we know. And by the way, it's really, really important. If you want to see us pass the magic mark of 100 episodes, you got to go leave us a review because without the reviews, we can't keep bringing you the content. So take a moment now, go, go to Apple, write us a review, do it on Spotify, 
It helps promote the podcast and it helps us grow. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number. So friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303. And of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. And so, you know, that's like a real biohazard. And so they could not fly with it. <sighs> yeah. I'm a little lost right now. I'm not going to lie. I got to like, you got to give me a second. I go, we're short. <laughs> to process it? Yeah, I have to process that. Then he's processing. Uh, by the way, in my house, that's a big thing. <laughs> Is that a real thing? <laughs> I made it up. You made it up? Because, yeah. you know, when you have Daya and you, you don't Just know why. <laughs> so an eagle-eyed... Uh, Flight attendant? Eagle-eyed, eagle-eared. <clears throat> so just to play devil's... I hate that word. If something's going to break up a... a, a, a like, a, questionable. Yeah? Like, really questionable here. Okay, we'll end it with this. Because also, this is are these Jewish people? No. Alan and Pearl? Oh. That's very... like Very really Jewish. Jewish names. And Mark? Mark, what's his, Mark, what's his name? Mark, Alan, and Pearl. We, we could have stumbled on a... Uh, Mark, Mark Francis. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.